Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast, your favorite podcast that's being recorded right now and hosted by me. Those are the criteria for it being your favorite podcast. As always, you can find me on the Twitters at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. For those who don't know, and shame on you if you don't, Atlanta United will open its seventh MLS season on Saturday, hosting San Jose at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff will be 7.39. I repeat, 7.39. So don't ask me questions about that on Twitter, because I won't answer. I'm going to be grumpy about that from now on. And it's going to be broadcast on the new MLS channel on Apple. It took me 30 minutes to walk my mother through figuring out if her TV was a smart TV finding the Apple app and getting onto the MLS content. And if I could talk her through that as I walked around my neighborhood, then you can do that too in much less time. So get on that. The games this weekend are free. There are some more free wins during the season, but there is a cost. And you can, again, Google me at Lenny United Apple TV deal for more of those details. All right. Today's podcast you're going to hear from Atlanta United President Garth Lagerway, who was gracious enough to speak to us on Tuesday, manager Gonzalo Pineda, and players Luis Arahujo and Luis Abram, the new center back. I'm going to answer your questions about the MLS team, as well as one question about law and order that someone sent in. So thank you for that. No one asked me about Girl Scout cookies, because I have three boxes sitting in my refrigerator. Y'all gave your opinions on them, but no one asked me any questions about them. So... If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, Tuesday, it rained and poured, and it was just kind of a miserable weather day. But it was a great day for news because Garth Lagerway held court, bless his heart, and gave us updates on all sorts of things. And we're going to play different sound bites from y'all about a variety of topics here coming up. I posted the full Q or most of what was the full Q&A with Mr. Lagerway on Tuesday. Again, you could find that on Twitter or on the Atlanta United channel on the AJC.com website. But, he, you know, he's a very forthright guy. He's a very honest guy. He has one of his self-wanted mandates was for there to be more transparency with Atlanta United. And so he's worked very hard to give us a lot of answers to a lot of questions. There was a gaggle of us there on Tuesday in the little pavilion beside the team's headquarters. 
And we're going to go through a few topics here, starting with the status of the roster and if there's any update on work visas. So just so y'all know, MLS demands that all rosters be compliant by Friday. So you'll see the team issuing uh, some news regarding any loanees that are going to go to Atlanta United 2 for the season, of which there will be a couple uh, because they do this every year. And, and things like that. But all rosters have to be compliant within MLS's very complex rules by tomorrow. Here's Loggerway talking about that. The roster is full. Uh, I mean, as you've probably seen, we signed Miguel Berry this morning, uh, traded for him from D.C. Uh, so that will be the 18th player on our senior roster. We expect to go with 18. Um, we can sign up to 20 on that senior roster, but usually we're going to go with 18 in terms of being able to pay fewer players a little bit more money. Um, so, so the roster is done. We've signed the three players uh, that we said we would, uh, Abram, uh, Yakamakis, and uh, Berry. Uh, before them, obviously, Etienne, uh, an obvious big addition, potential starter for us. So, um, yes, that uh, we don't have any update on the work visa. Um, that's still in process. Uh, Abram does have a work visa, so he is eligible. Um, Etienne got a couple minutes in St. Louis, so he should be available for that opening day. But as of right now, we do not know if Gigi is going to be available or not. I'm bringing back the coffee sips for this podcast because I know some of y'all really like that. I'm having a cup of what is known as Doug's Coffee. You won't find it in any store. But if you send me a million dollars in TAM, I'll send you a bag. Here's Loggerway talking about if the team is working on trying to secure green cards to open up international roster slots. So it makes your roster a little more flexible if you don't have to use your international roster slots. They're valuable. Atlanta United traded one to Orlando on Tuesday, I think it was, for $150,000 in general allocation money. We're always working on green cards is the answer to that question. Um, you know, the MLS rule, uh, for those who aren't familiar with this type of minutia, uh, is that we have to try to get appointments uh, for uh, to have domestic status before the start of the season. So we are in crunch time trying to get a couple of those things lined up in the next four or five days. If we do that, then those players are treated as domestic players, which frees up an international spot, which then is is uh, fungible. So we can we can trade that to another team. The team made one move this week. It traded for a, a former D.C. United, former Columbus striker, Miguel Berry. Ironically, $150,000. So it's kind of funny how that business worked out. But here's uh, Mr. Loggerway talking about why they like to bury. Good young player, hard worker. Uh, you know, you talk, you've heard us talk about from a profile perspective, we made a massive investment in Almada and Arujo. Uh, those guys are going to carry our team offensively. Um, acquired Etienne and free agency. So if you look at that band of three, we feel like we have all three of those spots are going to be better than they were last year. Almada and Arujo are going to be a little bit more comfortable, more minutes together. And so we really felt like when we signed that nine, that center forward, we need him to complement that band of three. So that's true of Gigi, and we think it's true of Barry. we got to we believe we got a durable player um, because Gigi was not playing all the time in Celtic. So we, and we in this new world where we anticipate playing 40 to 45 games a year, we need two guys that are durable up there. Um, and we think both fit this big physical profile that are good complementary players. They are going to make the other guys around them better. And here are his expectations for the season. Expectations are for a home playoff game. Um, I think that's within our grasp. Um, 
we need to get back to consistently winning. Um, I think uh, in the beginning of the season, um, we've had to reset some things. Obviously, you've seen us move a number of players out. You've ta we've talked already about the players that are coming in. The reality, though, is that Etienne and, and Yakumakis and Abram have played very limited minutes uh, in terms of being part of the group. So as those guys integrate, as well, as we get work permits, first of all, and then we get we, they integrate, the team should get better every week for the first uh, month or two of the season without doing anything else. So we're really happy about where we are in our progression, that we've gotten all the transactions done before the season. Um, you know, would we have loved to have done it earlier? Sure, but given the amount that had to come out before we could bring anything in, uh, I think we wound up in a pretty reasonable spot, and we're very excited now about the season. The team has made a few changes. It's, it's um, going to partner with an analytics department. The guy who runs that analytics department formerly worked with Loggerway at Seattle until he went off and started his own thing with his wife. It's a very well-respected firm. A lot of MLS teams are working with it. But one of the other changes are they're doing some things different in the sports medicine department to try to curb the number of injuries that the team experienced last season, which really just crippled its chances of making the playoffs. Whenever there's an injury, right, the, the, there's always this temptation to say, well, he got hurt because of this. Um, but Brad Gazan tore his Achilles for a different reason than Miles Robinson tore his Achilles. It's a totally different profile of player, right? A 30, late 30s versus, uh, you know, young, uh, mid 20s. So you can't, it's it's tempting always to make a commonality, but I think the, one of the problems you can run into is that if you generalize too much, you're not being specific. So the example I would give you just is that we're going back to, we have individual development plans for all the young players, and we have individual training plans for all the senior players, and we're going to make sure that we have, we take the time to accommodate all of those things so that we cater to give them the best possible chance of remaining on the field. And so you'll see, for example, I will give you an example, um, with somebody like Abram, who's just played a couple minutes, we are not going to panic and say he has to start opening day. He might, he might not, but we're going to err on the side of trying to build these guys up uh, and do so in a sustainable way so that once they get on the field, they can stay on the field, and we hopefully can lower that rate of recidivism in the injury uh, on the injury front. And then Tuesday, we were also able to speak with Luis Abram, the new center back. He's left-footed. He's been compared to Michael Parkhurst. Here's him talking about why he decided to come to MLS. It's a league that has been grown a lot. Este, Carlos and Gonzalo told me about the, the project of the club. So I, I like it and I didn't doubt it. When both technical director Carlos Bocanegra and Lagerway have described Abram, they've described him as Parkhurst, as I said. But they've also, along with Pineda, said he's very, uh, very cerebral player. And we asked him to talk about that a little bit. Come in the way of um, with a ball. Um, I will say come with a ball. I would like to, to play with a ball, to start playing from behind. And I would call come with a ball. It's been a few weeks since he's played in a game, so we wanted to know where he's at physically, his endurance, his strength right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm working to, to be at my 100%, but obviously uh, I don't play a 90 minutes match since October, I think, so okay. I'm not... Yet at my at my hundred percent. Luis Arujo has been the star for Atlanta United this preseason. Six goals, goals in a variety of ways. I asked him if this is a how this could affect his regular season. Very happy to have scored six goals in the preseason, but I, I think it just uh, it's due to to the work that I've been putting in, also to the confidence that I have in myself and, and the confidence that Gonzalo 
and the staff having me. Uh, but right now, the, the important thing is uh, this first game, and we want to get three points. And then one of the things that Loggerway talked about on Tuesday was the team has spent a lot of money on acquiring Diego Almada and Luis Arahujo. And so naturally, it stands to reason they should try to build a team around them to complement their skills, and their skills would complement the players around them. So I asked Arahujo how he felt about that and if he likes how the team is being built. Of course, it's, it's always great to play with, with other great players around you. Um, so guys who have a lot of talent like Thiago, um, Yorgos is here now, and I'm excited to get to play with him. It's also nice that to know that the, the president said that and has confidence in me as well. Um, but uh, as I said, I'm, I'm continuing to work really hard um, to, to have a good year for, for everyone. The other big news on Tuesday was the MLS playoff format. I, I won't break down the whole thing. I wrote about it. You can find it on, again, AJC.com or, or on my Twitter if you want to Google it. But it, it's different, and somebody's asked me for my opinion of it. And I, in the mailbag, I'll get to that in a little bit. But here's Arahujo talking about if he likes the new format. I like it. I think it. I think it's going to be good. Um, it, you know, it also gives gives each team a home game, which which are important. Um, and I like that. Um, you know, in the first round, it's three because in the previous seasons, you could you know you play a full season of thirty something games, and then your season's all depending on one game. So I like it. Every Thursday or two days before the game, whether it's Friday for a Sunday game, Thursday for a Saturday game. I usually start the availability with Beta going through injuries. There were two players listed on the injury report, the game notes, but there are, were a few that we haven't seen training at least this week, including Tyler Wolf, Machop Chol, Eric Lopez. So Garth gave us, I'm sorry, Pineda gave us an update on those players. Chol is dealing with a minor uh, hamstring injury and he's out. Uh, Tyler Wolf is continuing dealing with his shoulder. Eric Lopez training with the second team, uh, available. He's available for the first team? Yeah, he's and available for the first team. One of the odd things about this preseason compared to previous preseasons is we only were able to watch two games. I think Atlanta United ended up playing six. So it was hard to get a good look at the team's progress, but Pineda gave us a little bit of, a, of an update on that today. Very excited, to be honest. Very excited. Uh, last game was very good. I mean, obviously, the result was 2-1. Uh, at times, the results in preseason are false because you play your first group uh, in one part of the game, and in that one, you win, but then you lose with the second group, and it's false, their final result. We're focused on the on the performance in that in that moment, but last game, it was important for us to, to win just to uh, gain some confidence in the process, and, and we did. We played very well in certain moments. Uh, most part of, of the game we were dominating in possession and uh, creating some chances um, uh, some things to correct for sure but I'm very happy with uh, the momentum that Luis has that uh, Thiago has in terms of impacting in the final third our build-up is getting better and better and we still don't have you know the full integration of Yakumakis and uh, Abraham and and Derek has been training only for a week and a half so um, excited about that because we we can still be much better and here's Pineda's thoughts on the new playoff format it's new as any new format you have to try it before you you talk we will see is it's interesting right <laughs> uh, and we will see uh, 
personally, I, I used to love the home and away because that's what I use in Mexico. That's what is in Champions League. That's what happens in many tournaments. Uh, but once we try the one game playoff, it was it's nice. It's nice. It's exciting. Uh, I think we will have a little bit of that mm -hmm. at the end. That's that's what I understood. So we will see. We have to try it. We have to see what this series uh, of three games. Uh, how how's that format? How we can take advantage of that format? How we can utilize that format to get where we want to get in in terms of winning uh, trophies this year? And, uh, and we will see. All right, we're going to head to a break, and when we come out, we're going to go to the mailbag. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, etc. My recommendations on Doug Coffee. You can get all of that. My, my knowledge of Law & Order and Girl Scout cookies. Or Magnum P.I., the original, not the remake. That's a value. Get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to our e-paper, and our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from Mark Bradley. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts, so you always know what's really going on. Didn't get any Magna PI questions this week, so that's a little bit disappointing. I mean, my dream is to find the King Kamehameha Club and hang out with Rick and TC and, and Thomas and maybe Higgins. But for now, I'm going to answer your questions about Atlanta United after I have a very quick coffee sip. All right. John says, it's a new era for Atlanta United. I just read your article slash interview in the AJC with Garth Lagerway. Well, that was more than just me. There was a group of us there. We asked a lot of good questions and expected some good, thoughtful answers. John says he gets the feeling that Garth is very excited about everything and everything will be great but he is also masterful at the long form non-answer. I didn't really learn much from his answers, John says. I hope he is more forthcoming with you as the season progresses. Otherwise, it will be a long season for you. Looking forward to Saturday's opener. Well, I got to disagree with you there, John. I thought we learned quite a bit from Mr. Loggerway. I always enjoy talking with Darren, the previous president, Darren Eels, but in terms of being forthcoming about things, uh, Darren would always play things pretty close to the vest and Garth is much more open, much more transparent, and it is much more appreciated. So I'm not sure why you didn't get good information from Garth. Maybe I should try to write it better. I don't know, but yes, we'll see how the season goes. Nick says, 
I just want to know which aspect of an MLS season you most look forward to at the start. Hmm. Part of me always gets the giggles at the overreactions about certain players. Some players got to come out and, and score a couple of goals this weekend that a player you're really not expecting to. And the projections are going to go crazy about well, he should be called into the U.S. men's national team or he's going to be defender of the year or things like that. I mean, we're already seeing that Walker Zimmerman is going to be defender of the year for each of the next three seasons, which is just nuts to me. But just silliness like that. That's always fun. I am very curious about the MLS Apple deal, the the goal show that they're going to have. They've never had this type of content before. I'll obviously be at Atlanta United, but I'm hoping I can take my tablet and uh, watch the goal show or half pay attention to the goal show as Atlanta United's game is going on just because I want to see it. So I think that's going to be pretty cool too. The, the camera quality, the video quality from Apple is so much better than we've seen uh, from some of the previous broadcast or streaming partners MLS has had. I don't know if y'all got a chance to check in last Saturday, like Orlando, New England. The, the, again, the video quality was so, so good. So that's going to be fun too. And Nick is a friend of the podcast. Henry, another friend of the podcast, says, let's suppose your ghost gets his visa Thursday or Friday. Well, it, I don't think it's happening today unless the FedEx guy is uh, – very slow. And from my experience with FedEx, that could really be the case. With minimal to no training time with the team, do you think he'll start or even feature in the match day squad? Yeah. He has, I just looked this up. He hasn't played in a match since, uh, like, I think it's January 17th uh, with Celtic. So to expect him to start is, I think, kind of crazy. I guess he could be in the game day roster as a as a late substitute for like a set piece goal or something like that. I would say if Atlanta United needs a late goal to beat San Jose on Saturday, then things are not starting the way that most people hope or think they will. But if he doesn't make doesn't start, doesn't make the game day roster this week, I think you'll see him next weekend. The team's very, very excited about his his potential, his talent. Very excited to see how he works within uh, the front four with Etienne, another player who I don't think is going to start on Saturday, uh, but will make the game day roster. Araujo and Almada. Henry continues, what are your thoughts on Miguel Berry? Does the, his signing mean Conway is sort of surplus on the roster? Yeah, um, Conway just seems to be a guy that doesn't fit the profile of what Pineda wants from his strikers. I don't know why. But that seems to be the case. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone and got Miguel Berry, who seems very similar to Yurgos. This is Conway's last year with his contract. He's got a, This is when he's got to earn a contract, but he may not get a whole lot of playing time with Atlanta United. And that's, you know, that's always a shame for a young player. But it's the reality of pro sports. Henry continues, what's wrong with the band train? Go ahead. I have my popcorn ready. Okay, so. The same reason that most of us like sports, we're a team, right? You rely on your teammates and everybody works together to make things better. Train to me is just lyrical diarrhea. You never get to hear. There's never like a break for the guitar player to do a solo or anything like that. It's always that lead singer just saying whatever seems to be popping off in the top of his head. It drives me crazy after a while. And it also is just kind of faux intellectual. What rhymes with latte 
seriously? Is that supposed to be clever? Anyway, don't like the train. Coffee sip. Now I'm all aggravated. Thanks, Henry. I'm just kidding. I'm not aggravated. Mike says, new Atlanta United fan. Well, welcome, Mike. Looking forward to the Thursday pod. Me too. Just got to get done with it first. These are good questions for Mike. Who are the potential breakout stars for the team? Well, I guess it depends on how you define breakout. But I think if you're talking about maybe new stars, well, Yorgos should be one, I would think. The team's very, very high on Abram. Very, very high. They think that he's going to be a really, really good distributor of the ball. Pineda talked today about how he's already got a good connection with Tiago Almada. They were teammates at Valise Sarsfield, which Gabriel Heinze, ironically, is the manager of now. He says he's good in the air. I don't think he's going to start on Saturday. Um, he It's been a while since he played a game, too. I think you'll see Parata and Robinson. But uh, I'm excited to see what Abram is going to bring. He's the first true left-footed center back uh, that Atlanta United has had. And it just opens up a, you know, a part of the field that you don't normally get. I know it's kind of odd to think that a right-footed player doesn't pass to the left, but it's just kind of how your body kind of, I don't know, works a lot of times, especially when you're starting on the left. You're naturally looking up to the right because that's just kind of how kinesiology, I guess, how it works. Uh, other potential breakout stars. Um, I don't. I wouldn't call him a breakout star, but I think if Yorgos starts consistently, Brooks Lennon is in for a big year. A lot of assists for Brooks Lennon. What's the expectation for Arahujo this season? If he fulfills his potential, he's an MVP caliber talent. So, I think I wrote in our Sunday season preview that. Atlanta United needs to get at least 30 goals and 30 assists out of its three designated players. It doesn't matter to me who scores the majority of the goals or that gets the majority of the assists, but there needs to be a balance of at least 30 goals and 30 assists. So for our Arahujo, I would think 10 goals, five assists, something like that uh, would be a, a good, good solid start to the season. But I think he can, he can do more than that. Mark, do you anticipate there being an effort to recoup the value on Eric Lopez? If so, I'd assume that would require rotation in minutes. How do you see all this shaking out? I really don't know. This has still been Atlanta United makes some head scratching signings every season. Uh Ronald Hernandez. If y'all not Ronald Hernandez, I'm sorry, not Ronald Hernandez. My apologies to Ronald Hernandez. The fullback they signed, he was also Venezuelan uh, a few years ago. Never played for the first team. I can't remember his name now. Played for Atlanta United 2 and then got waived. Eric Lopez is another one of those odd signings. I think they thought he was going to come in and be a good backup striker for Joseph Martinez. They brought him in this under-22 initiative that they thought was going to happen that summer, I think. Didn't happen. Lopez, to his credit, said, I'll go play for Atlanta United 2. Heinze was hired. Lopez was with the first team. Heinze moved him from striker to wing. But the team already had DPs at both positions. So then he ended up going on loan. He didn't really play for Banfield. Now he's back, but he's training with Atlanta United too. He makes a ton of money in salary. Um, he's in under 22, so only, a, I think, a portion of it, if any, counts against the team's salary budget, but it's still money. 
I, I just don't see it, it happening. They couldn't find somebody to loan him out to this season. That's why Mosquera went out on loan. Mosquera is another one of those head-scratching signings that you look at on paper and go, okay, he's fast, but that's really about it. Statistically, he's never been impactful with goals or assists, and now Mosquera's on them. Yeah, I don't know how they get the value back from Lopez, unless he just lights it up with like Atlanta United 2 or something. Art says, with the signings of Yurgos and Miguel Berry, will Jackson Conway and Dorma Chupchol be Atlanta United 2 players this season? No, I don't think so. I think they'll both be on the senior team. They may um, drop down and play some games for the twos, uh, but then come back up again just so they can get some playing time. I'm also curious about Eric Lopez. Rumors are that he was coming back to the club. Art, you got to pay attention, my man. I love you, but you got to pay attention. I reported weeks ago that he was back with the club. He's been training with Atlanta United too. That's his status. Matt says, who is one player you think will impress this season relative to the expectations? And who is one you think might disappoint? Who will impress this season relative to expectations? I think your ghost will impress. His highlight videos, if you haven't watched him at Celtic, he works, he runs, he moves, he attacks. Um, he's going to cause some problems for some MLS center backs. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to I'm curious to see how he's going to integrate with his teams. And who do I think might disappoint? I don't know. I mean, the central midfield, whether it's Joseta, Abara, Sadich, Sosa, even Alonso, one of those guys has got to emerge from that pack and prove that they can be. You don't have to be a difference maker but just a, a a contributor, an obvious contributor is how I put it, an obvious contributor. And really, at least with Atlanta United, it just has not happened for those guys yet. A lot because of injuries, other, whatever the reason. I think they all have the talent. Uh, Sadich has been, has been solid, um, I should say. Now they just got to do it consistently. So we'll see. Matt continues, of that quartet I just mentioned, uh, can they keep the team afloat until a possible summer signing or will the team lose too much ground in the first half of the season to be a contender? No, I, th- I th- so we were talking about this today in the Alex Timbakis Memorial trailer while we were waiting to be able to do our interviews. If you look at it, United's roster, and I was talking about this with my friend Tim last night at, uh, where were we Cedar and pint or pint and six or Cedar and six, whatever the name of that bar is down there. If you look at Atlanta United's presumed starters and you go through player by player and you were to ask yourself this question, is there another group group of three, group of four players who are head and shoulders above this guy on this roster? So you start doing it. Is there a, a right fullback that you can name off the top of your head who's significantly better than Brooks Lennon? I can't, at least not offensively. Andrew Gutman, I can't. Miles Robinson, if he's back and healthy, I can't. I think he's the best one-on-one defender in the league if he's back in 100%. Luis Abram, I mean, he played for started for Cruz Azul last season. That's that's no slouch of a team, so he must be a pretty good player. Or Hujo, if he fulfills his potential, nope. You go over to the left, Etienne, maybe there's a few. But if Etienne plays for Atlanta United and gets results for Atlanta United like he did for Columbus, that's a that's a really shrewd free agent signing uh, by Boca Negra. Tiago Almada? No. 
I mean, he is among a group of very, very good attacking midfielders, if you want to say it that way. Yakamakis, potential. You know, he's not like Carlos Vela, but Carlos Vela is more of a winger than a striker. There's just, there's not a lot of players. This team has a lot of talent. It's just got to gel. It's got to get to play together for a few games without injuries depriving guys of starts. And then it gets its confidence and off you go. Adam says, I've no thoughts on the original Magnum other than my great aunt loved Tom Selleck to almost worrying degrees. Well, he was a good guy, was Thomas Magnum. Meanwhile, Adam says, as the parent of a former Girl Scout, I'm quite done with their cookies save two, Thin Mints and Tagalongs. More importantly, now I can only eat them if they're chilled, the power of mental conditioning. I love Tagalongs. I'm not as high on Thin Mints as everybody else is, but I still enjoy them. There's a new flavor, at least I think it's new, this season that's like a... a um, brownie cookie anyway i've been digging into that box one after lunch one after dinner willpower trying to get into better shape but uh bless the girl scout who sold me those cookies who lives in my uh, condo complex here adam continues as to the 2023 season i think the make or break factor will be the execution of team defense shy of jacamacus having a jaw-dropping season whether Robinson and Guzan can recapture form, and whether the midfielders can stifle opposing attacks will more greatly affect Atlanta's playoff chances than anything the offense does. Thoughts? No, I, I, I agree with you. Again, as we were sitting in the Alex Tambacus Memorial trailer, he's not dead, by the way. That's just what we call it. Thank God he's not dead. He's a really good guy and playing well in the USL. Atlanta United switching off mentally after the whistle blows has been a problem for before Pineda. You can't blame Pineda for this. I don't know why it's been a problem despite the manager and despite the players, but it has been. But goals on set pieces, goals on throw-ins, goals after they've scored a goal and play has restarted. If they could just keep their focus, keep their concentration for those 90 minutes and eliminate those silly goals allowed, again, they have the potential to be a really, really good team. And defense is a team. Everybody has to work together. If one person doesn't mark their man on a set piece, but everybody else covers their man up, it's not going to make any difference. A goal is going to get scored. So there you go. Adam's last question, similar vein, do you think it's more critical that the team try to prove more indomitable at home or improve their road form? I lean toward the former as a way of recapturing the intimidating atmosphere of the bins. It's a good question. It's it's an interesting question. If you look at Lenny United's record last year, they were 8-4-5 and five at home. That's not bad, but they did throw away some points because of just some silly play. But they were 2-10-5 on the road. They were just god-awful on the road. So to me, they need to bring that road form up. And with that comes a lot of points. And it's almost like you're gaining a point and a half because you don't expect the other teams to play well on the road. Justin, not at Lenny United's translator, but a different Justin, I guess says, I have heard when folks talk about Almada, they seem to talk about him leaving in the summer window. I will be purchasing the new kit this Saturday and was considering an Almada jersey. Should I go with someone else? Or do you see him finishing the season in five stripes? I don't know why this question made me chuckle, but getting my take on a player jersey, I guess, is not something I thought I would get asked. I would, you can get the Almada jersey even if he leaves. That's still a pretty cool keepsake. I mean, you go to Georgia games and you see Garrison Hurst and Eric Zier jerseys. You go to Braves games and you see Freddie Freeman jerseys. There's nothing wrong with wearing a Tiago Almada jersey. 
you know, and, and if he ends up going to Europe this summer, if they get an offer they can't refuse and he ends up playing for a Champions League team or something, that jersey's going to look pretty cool when you're walking down the street. So anyway, I wouldn't sweat that a whole lot. And, uh, you know, if you want to get something else, you can always get one that has Robertson on the back, you know, because that would just be the coolest thing in the history of soccer. Hernando says, the MLS playoff format seems like a jumbled, jumbled mixture of playoff structures from other American professional leagues. It reminds me of when MLS decided to do shootouts instead of penalties. A quirky way to be different, which unintentionally makes the league lose credibility with the rest of the world. What are your thoughts about the new playoff format? Yeah, I don't understand the structure of it, to be honest with you. I don't mind that nine teams get in from each conference. That's, you know, I don't like playoffs, period. You play for however many months, eight months, only to then have to kind of start all over again in the playoffs. Baseball is 162 games, and then you have playoffs, and then expanded playoffs. Put the team with the best record from the National League and the team from the best best record from the American League together and let them play for the World Series. It doesn't water down anything. It doesn't – teams, participants don't lose interest. Fans don't lose interest, won't lose interest because the regular season games suddenly mean something a lot more. It's not just the difference between, oh, we're going to be the third seed in the playoff and the second seed in the playoff. It's we have a chance to make the playoffs. That's drama. Anyway. The new playoff format, it's kind of weird. Uh, I mean, starting off with the 8-9 seed in a knockout game, then going to a best of three that doesn't have stoppage time. It goes straight to penalties if the game's in a draw. Then going to single elimination that does have added time. I don't know. It seems like this is something that Apple wanted to try to get more eyes on, to me, what's artificial drama than anything. But I could end up being way wrong, and it could be very, very exciting if it is. I'll come on here and say I was wrong about the playoff structure. But I, I do hope that whatever that, that it goes past this season, they keep it for a couple of years. When Atlanta United won the MLS Cup in 2018, only six teams from each conference made the playoffs. Now it's nine. I don't know. It's it's a little weird, but we'll see. Sean says, all this TV money and Adidas money, when does the cap go up? So, yeah. So the TV money is $2.5 billion, a minimum of $2.5 billion to the league over 10 years. The Adidas money, I think I saw, is more than $800 million through, I think it's the 2030 season. So when does the cap go up? Let's see what happens in the League's Cup this summer. If it's dominated by the Liga Emekis teams and you don't have any MLS teams going deep in the tournament, then I think you'll see some flexibility with the salary cap, at least some conversations about flexibility with the salary cap and maybe some relaxation of some of the player acquisition rules fairly quickly if you see mls teams perform well and hold their own against the teams from liga emekis then i think the changes might be a little bit slower and then liga emekis will have to see if discuss if it's going to make some changes but it's a league that seems to be a little bit of turmoil right now or a federation that seems to be a little bit of turmoil i should say you know i 
I think it would be interesting get rid of the young, the under 22 initiative, get rid of the young DP thing. It spanned to as many as five DPs. It spanned the salary budget from, uh, I don't, I'm just going to throw out a round number because I don't know what the actual number is this year. I think it's like 7 million or something like that. Take it from seven to 10. That's only 3 million per team, which is a drop in the bucket compared to what I'm assuming they're going to get per franchise per year from the Apple and Adidas money and just, you know, see what happens. I mean, why not? Rob says, this is a quote from Loggerway. He's quoting. We don't want to do is just revert back to chopping and changing and changing four or five players. Every window. Rob says, would I like to revise my disagreement with his previous assertion that this entire offseason has been one big indictment of Bocanegra's job as a technical director. I have no doubt that he's a nice guy and that Garth will give him a chance to show him he's capable of learning and growing under his tutelage. But man, those are some blistering words. I'll again say this about the job that Carlos has done. You go back to 2020, the debacle that was 2020. The team had a chance to make the playoffs. Y'all would have been twice as mad at Bocanegra had he not gone out and signed Jurgen Dom, Marcelino Moreno, Eric Lopez to try to get this team into the playoffs than if he sat on his hands and done nothing. Okay? Last year brought in some more players because of injuries. But again, the team is trying to make the playoffs. That's the whole point. Sometimes you have to make tough decisions in less than ideal conditions with probably not as much vetting as as you would like because the regular season isn't going to be put on pause. You've got to act when you can act and do what you think you have to do in order to try to make the playoffs. That's the whole point, winning titles. So, I mean, if if you want to get mad at Bocanegra and you want to say, well, this player didn't work and this player didn't work and this, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Had they made the playoffs in 2020 with Jurgen Dom and, and Moreno, what would your opinion be of, of Bocanegra now? Despite 20 different instances of injuries that took players out for at least two games, the team still had a chance to make the playoffs with a roster that was constructed by Bocanegra and led by Pineda. I mean, at some point, y'all have got to... I understand you can be, you can be mad at your feelings. Be mad at Bocanegra. But you have to also give him a little bit of credit. Just a little bit. And we're going to wrap up the podcast with this question from Mandingo. Fantastic question. What kind of legacy did Munch leave for all future Law & Order detectives? So, if y'all didn't know, the actor who played Munch, uh, Richard Belzer, died earlier this week. Munch is a character. He was a secondary detective on Law & Order and then Law & Order Special Victims Unit. The character started out on Homicide, fantastic television show in the early 90s that I cannot find streaming anywhere, but just a wonderful, fantastic show. It set up the wire, did Homicide, in terms of the drama and the writing from David Simon and, and the production and everything. Anyway, Munch was on that, but he, he's one of the longest running characters in television history, to be honest with you. He's always been a secondary character, never really led any investigations, would just kind of pop up to say some one-liners, 
give his take on something. Every once in a while, I would have a few minutes, like an extended few minutes on the screen, helping to crack, solve a case, but was never like one of the main detectives for an episode. And he's just a memorable character, just funny lines, kind of a conspiracy theorist, a real big smart ass in a lot of ways, and just a perfect guy for the actor Richard Belzer. So rest in peace to Richard Belzer and his family. If you have any more Law & Order, Magna P.I., or Girl Scout cookie questions, email them to me. Daniel, who produces this podcast for me for the AJC and I, will have a couple of podcasts each week now. We'll have one previewing the games. We'll have one wrapping up the games. Please remember to email, that's droberson, D-R-O-B-E-R-S-O-N at AJC.com, your questions about the team. You can DM them to my Twitters at Doug Robertson AJC. And I'll answer your questions. Don't forget, if you want a bag of Doug coffee, send me a million dollars in TAM. Small bills only. I only take small bills in TAM. And I'll send you a bag. As always, hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. Y'all take care. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.